Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this October 5th, 2022 edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family owned full service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Uh, Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on today's edition of the Sports Mix. And uh, we'll start things off talking EPAC volleyball from last night. And uh, it was a clean sweep, uh, both JV and varsity-wise, for Jefferson over Martinsburg last night, Colin. Yeah, it was a uh, hard-fought win for the Cougars, and it was a very impressive one. I looked it up uh, during the match. It's the first time Jefferson has beat Martinsburg since 2016 in volleyball. Wow. And the second time that they've beaten them ever since Max Preps had it uh, on track back in 2007, I believe, was the first one that they had. Obviously, that's not the first meeting between the two. It's just the farthest back one that you can find on Max Preps. So an impressive win for their program. They got the sweep for the first time ever, and they looked really well. And I said it during the broadcast yesterday the fight for that third best team in the EPAC is on, and right now I think you have to put Jefferson in the conversation because of the way they've been playing for the past two weeks in which they've knocked off the other three schools in that conversation, Washington, Spring Mills, and now Martinsburg. Yeah, I think uh, it's pretty obvious that Jefferson has been the most improved team in the EPAC, I think, this year. And obviously we didn't see them at the beginning of the season, but... Um, when you look at some of the scores from you know the beginning of the year and where Jefferson's at now, um, it's been just a complete turnaround for them. So credit that coaching staff uh, for really getting the best out of the players and uh, getting a more consistent unit out there. And I think they have a pretty uh, formidable team to at least be in, in that conversation for the third spot, maybe already in the third spot there in the EPAC. Um, definitely an impressive win last night, and I like I liked a lot of the things I saw as well. And uh, yeah, it was a good one last night. We'll be back at Martinsburg tomorrow for Spring Mills Martinsburg. Uh, looking at scores from around the EPAC last night, uh, Musselman gets the three, uh, gets the sweep over Washington in volleyball, twenty five thirteen, twenty five twelve, and twenty five seven. JV also swept two nothing there as well. Um, so. Muscleman Volleyball continuing to be as good as they always are uh, this season. Let's turn our attention now to the state golf tournament going on up in the Wheeling area as uh, round two got going this morning. But uh, Martinsburg, I believe, is eighth and Washington is ninth. I don't see the individual leaderboard on here. I don't know if Colin or Nick, if you've ever been if you've been able to find that. Um, I didn't see a individual leaderboard necessarily but i did see that martinsburg and washington are you able to click on the teams maybe if you click on the team possibly to see or now yeah no just to see any personal scores from there or does it just give a team score it just gives the team score okay worth a shot yeah never been on that website before myself so wvga.bluegolf.com never been on there either 
Uh, but I believe they went off at this morning at eight thirty, and I think they're still. Are they still starting? Oh, no, no. Last one teed off at ten fifty. Ten fifty. Vance Waller from Washington teed off, um, and trying. I got, to I got some uh, individuals. There you here. go. All right, give, so, give us some individual scores. Uh, Washington's Jason Falso is uh, tied for thirty first. Vance Waller is tied for thirty fourth. Alex Lewis is tied for 31st. Ben Weber is tied for 36th. Uh, and Parker Robinson's tied 39th. Those last two are the uh, Martinsburg players, but or golfers, I guess I should say. So those are how the local kids are doing. So obviously not probably where they wanted to be, but, I mean, to, to make it to the state tournament is an achievement. And, uh, you know, it's some of the best, obviously the best golfers in the state, so it's, it's pretty tough to be toward the top there but and you gotta hope that today is a better day for them yeah. because the weather's obviously better i don't know everybody knows but Who everybody knows, knows that the weather and when i compare it to cold and rainy everywhere but, it seems like in i the don't area. know wheeling what is it like up in wheeling? i still think they were probably getting some rain the past and few days to make it. the entire course very wet which means the ball won't roll as much and it's going to be tougher to play on very similar to you know spencer and i's golf game Hey, it's actually warmer up there. It is 63 degrees and sunny up there right Today, now. Today, but what has it been High of like 71. Yesterday high, and all before the tournament. Is the high the here is only going to be 66, to though. So it's a lot warmer up there. You, know, the you second, proved my point the for second me. It's a better day today than yesterday. That's what it might be better up, might have been better up there yesterday. I only know what you two are going at about. But I was trying to say is that, like, you go out there the second time and you, and you feel a little bit better. You know, like Spencer and I, we did – slightly better than we did the first time i would I say think slightly they're definitely better than you guys though oh, oh yeah oh yeah because they play golf all the time we just play golf for i would hope so and the benefit of others yeah that's true i was just kind of making a joke but also no. just in general i think my knowledge of golf is that you know day two it can be a little bit easier if you've never played that course uh you'll have a better idea of how the course plays and stuff like that plus if the weather is a little bit different that could help uh them move up in the standings but obviously day one kind of puts you back so you're probably not going to win it all but you could definitely see an increase in where your uh your final standing is which is something to be proud of yeah it is and let's move on now wvssac football playoff rankings came out yesterday they come out as they do tuesdays at 2 p.m every day from the ssac or excuse me every tuesday not every day <laughs> every week, uh one yes one undefeated team remains in triple a and that team is ranked number one because well you're undefeated you're probably going to get a number one ranking that being spring valley with a 13.2 ranking uh they got 54 points 12 bonus points coming in second is martinsburg with a 12.83 rating uh 60 points 17 bonus points so they've got more bonus points they've actually got more total points then Spring Valley, but Spring Valley has no losses on the season. Musselman coming in right behind Martinsburg at number three with a twelve point two record or rating, excuse me, forty eight points, thirteen bonus points. Uh, top ten Parkersburg South, who got there, who fell last week to Bridgeport. Uh, Bridgeport coming in at fifth, Hurricane at sixth, Huntington tied at sixth, eighth is Cabell Midland, ninth is Woodrow Wilson, tenth is George Washington. Jefferson just outside of the top ten 
at 11 with the 9 rating, and they have 48 points and 6 bonus points. Uh, Then 11 is Princeton Senior. Tied at 13 is a three-way tie, Wheeling Park University. And Hedgesville, Hedgesville's got an 8.83 rating, 45 points, 8 bonus points. Um, and that's kind of the the uh, top, really, that's what would be in the playoffs right now. Morgantown at 16, so they fall from being, you know, the number two team in the state. Yeah, they fell. To the number 16 team in the state. Spring Mills at 19, the five rating, and 24 points, one bonus point. And, uh, yeah, what do we think? Well, I think it shows that uh, this week's game for Martinsburg is a must-win, I think, if the Bulldogs want to get that home field mm-hmm. uh, throughout the playoffs because a two-loss team probably isn't going to get that. So uh, while it may not be a must-win when it comes to, uh, I guess, their expectations for the season, you could lose to Riverside and definitely still end up being the state champions. Um, but if you want home field and you want to not have to travel – you're going to have to win this game to pretty much secure that, um, I think, if Martinsburg gets this win on on Saturday. So I think that's one thing that stands out. The other thing that stands out is that Musselman is sitting there at three, which I think is pretty cool to see yeah. that their uh, schedule has paid off, but they have a tough challenge in Wheeling Park coming up. So um, that will be you know a good matchup for them. But those two teams representing the EPAC, two of the top three teams in the state, according to the ratings. And I would tend to agree, uh, based on what we've seen with their wins and losses. Um, you know, they're they're really good teams. So that's cool to see the EPAC being represented there in the top three. Well, I think Hedgesville this week has got to play with Musselman, if not beat them, in order to stick around in the playoffs. Because they're, you know, at 13th right now. I don't know how that moves them down if they lose depending on, you know, where everybody else is at because, you know, you might be at the the further end of it. Like, you might be below Morgantown or right at the same page as Morgantown because of just the the numbers, the pure numbers. Yeah, and we know that, uh, unfortunately for Hedgesville, there's a lot of injuries yeah. on that side. And on the other side, from what we so were many told injuries. from Coach Thomas – Musselman's a very healthy team this year, and they just had time to rest from a bye week. Yeah, and so many injuries to the fact that uh, the two times that we've seen Hedgesville this season, uh, they have played, what was it, what did I say, is it 4-2-5? Mm-hmm. They've played a 4-2-5 uh, defense. This week they're playing a 3-3-5, and the Mike linebacker, according to the depth chart I got this morning from head coach Matt Faircloth, has Levi Faircloth and Mike Linebacker, who is usually a D-end, or D-tackle, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting change there, and I wonder how much that maybe has to do with Musselman's ability to throw the football. You get extra defensive backs out there could potentially be part of the reasoning or because of just the players they have available, and that's kind of how they have to play uh, defense this week for Hedgesville. It's definitely not a game that if you lose for Hedgesville, knocks you out of the playoffs. Uh, but you I think get for the entire the little, season, but it definitely knock puts your, you yeah right there towards the 15, 16 yeah. range, kind of on the fringe. Um, but I still think they'll find a way in, even with a loss uh, to Musman. I mean, if that does happen, um, because I think I think Hedgesville is a too, talented but team, and you win, you can yeah. possibly get a home game. 
That's you true. lose, yeah. it's going to be really tough to get into that record where you can have a home game during the playoffs. But, I mean, if you're Hedgesville, you went from you know no wins to four wins to playoffs. I think that's still yeah. a great no, step. No, it's still a great direction. step. But yeah, it'd be even it better if you step. can get the home. All right, we're going to take our first break of the day. Then we come back, we'll hear from two EPAC head football coaches, uh, Jefferson Cougars head coach Craig Hunter and Washington Patriots head coach Glenn Simpson. That's after this two-minute break segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. Again, on the other side of this break, hear from two EPAC head football coaches. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. These days move dark. Catch the excitement of EPAC football featuring the Hedgesville Eagles and the Muscleman Appleman. If you're going to take the snap now, they're going to pass on a screen pass again to Matthew. Matthew breaks some tackles. He's to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. No one's going to catch him. Green grass in front of him. Touchdown, Hedgesville! Tune in this Friday, October 7th, as the Eagles and the Appleman battle for second place in the EPAC. Join us for pregame at 6 p.m. on your Eastern Panhandle Sports Leader, Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to the Sports Mix today. We're joined by head coach for the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter. And Coach Hunter, get that win over South Hagerstown last Friday. And uh, it was a big win for you guys, 48-6. to uh, Yeah, I mean, big win for us. Uh, get the 4-2, um, you know, get things rolling on the po- – keep things going on the positive side of things. Um, you know, getting geared back the final the final, the final – countdown pretty much with the last three games being EPAC games. Coach Hunter, uh, what'd you like from your team in that big win? Uh, just sticking through it, you know, even though they knew weather was going to come, it rained a little bit, you know, fighting through the weather. Um, defensively, we're, we were very aggressive. We were very aggressive. Um, offensively, we stuck to the game plan and were able to get things going. Um, they did some things to try to get things going with the passing game a little bit. So I like the way the kids just stuck with it. Um, stuck with the game plan on both sides of the ball and were able to push through and get the victory. Coach, in the uh, preseason, I know you had high hopes for your defense, and it seems like the past few games uh, the defense has really stepped up for you. Uh, what's it been like to see the progress of the defense this season? You know, it, it, like you said, it was, a pro- it was a progress. You know, we had high defense, uh, but still, you know, we had some new faces blended in with some old faces, so everybody just getting their getting getting their bearings about themselves and um getting it together and starting to work together as a cohesive unit and everybody understanding the philosophy of the defense and what we were trying to accomplish with the defense. And as we got going, as we kept going throughout the year, you could see it start to click more and more each week. And I think right now, um we're clicking where we need to be right now. And coach, final non conference game of the season this Friday on the road. What have you seen from them so far? You know, James Wood is a team right now that's, that um, that's got a win against North Hagerstown, and they try to do try to throw a lot of different formations at you offensively uh, to try to get you. I guess they try to get you confused about 
where you're going, where you're supposed to be, how to line up. Um, and defensively, they're going to attack you with, with uh, different blitz packages. So, you know, we got to be prepared for the blitz packages and make sure we get ourselves defensively lined up correctly against all their offensive sets. What do you like uh, matchup-wise in this game against James Wood for your team? Uh, I mean, I, I would say the, the one thing I like is what I've seen so far in the, in the three games that I have on them is they played a lot of man-to-man. Um, so they're going to play man-to-man against us. Um, I like our matchup with our speed on the outside with our receivers uh, versus their man-to-man coverage. Um, so just making sure we just making sure we can uh, get our pass pro secured up. Um, I think we'll ha- and get time. I think we'll be able to um, exploit the man-to-man against our fast receivers. And coach, uh, they also played North Hagerstown, so you have that common opponent there. Um, does that ha- help at all when you have? You know, common opponents, you can kind of compare some things that they did against them, or is it more so just a different game plan? You can kind of compare some things, but, you know, you sometimes you go into a game with different game plans based on your personnel that you have, based on the personnel they have. So you might not try to do certain things uh, the same way, or, or another team might not have played the other team the same way. Uh, you can see some things, but I don't, you don't take a lot into account of common opponents just based on – personnels of different teams and what your personnel is versus their personnel. So you can see some things, but not a whole bunch. Coach Hunter, what have you seen uh, that's been the biggest change in your team from week one up until now? I think just the, co- the cohesiveness, the growing together, the getting together, the becoming more of a, of, of a team unit. Um, as the year went on, um, I think we just had a lot of stuff to learn about ourselves um, and I think over the weeks we were able to get that done, um, you know, fighting through adversity, uh, starting off one and two. Uh, those the guys were able to to grow, and the coaching staff was able to grow. Um, everybody's able to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out what we need to do to get things on the right track. Um, and we were we were able to do that. And I think that's the biggest thing that we've able to able to see growing was um, the cohesiveness coming together of everybody to start getting us back on the right track. All right, Coach Hunter, any final thoughts? Uh, let's go get a win on Friday. That's about it. <laughs> All right, thanks for the time, Coach. Best of luck. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you. That was head coach for the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter. Uh, as like he said, they started out one and two, and uh, they've rattled off three straight wins. Yeah, you look at the opponents. You know, they should have been wins, obviously. They've only given up 12 points in their last three games. Which That's- pretty shows how their defense has kind of turned from the first three games. Yeah, and that's uh, it's been an impressive uh, couple of games here for Jefferson, where the team has just seemed to have gotten better, seemed to have found some ways to click. Um, and this Cougars team, I mean, they're in that kind of transition year. You know, you go from a year with Sammy Roberts, who is obviously one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the area, and you lose him, and you have to figure th- some things out. The guy that you originally started. Uh, struggled a little bit, so you went to his backup and Dylan Harrich, and Dylan Harrich has done a nice job for them, uh, kind of being more of a mobile quarterback and do a lot, a lot of different things. And then the defense, you knew the defense had talent. I mean, your entire secondary returned, uh, but it kind of got off to a slow start for whatever reason, and now the defense is playing at a high level, and that's really the key for this team's success is how well that defense has played. 
um, because in the first few weeks they were putting up points. It just was couldn't hold on to some leads, and, and I think a lot of that had to do with defense and turnovers. They've kind of eliminated the turnovers, and the defense has stepped up. And that's why you kind of have these games on your schedule where maybe you might be uh, you know, a heavy favorite in, but it's an opportunity to fix some things so then when you take on teams that are – you know, in the EPAC, like Washington, I know Washington's down, but that's still a rivalry game. Yeah. It's going to be a tougher opponent than what you've seen, I think. Uh, you know, Spring Mills, Musselman, who they already lost to, but Hedgesville obviously is a big game left on their schedule. Martinsburg, you can't really prepare for Martinsburg based on other opponents, but I think those other games where you clean those things up will help Jefferson here down the stretch uh, turn in another winning season and a, a, probably a playoff season if they uh, are able to get some wins. Yeah, and, you know, they'll have a bye week after this week against James Wood. Then they'll kind of run the gauntlet the rest of the season down the home stretch, Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Washington. Uh, they got a good shot to be 7-3, and 6-4. and four. Yeah. Because, I mean, that Martinsburg game is, you know, going to be a hard game. They're going to have a, kind of an easy one this week against James Wood. Hedgesville is kind of the only coin toss, coin flip game that I really give them. Yeah. I think their heads and leaps above Washington at this point in the season. Washington just seems to have – some injuries and and obviously they just don't seem to be playing on the level that they thought they would play even even you know talk to them in the preseason um but you know i think that's hedgesville game is really the coin flip for me yeah if you want to have a home playoff game i think you got to go seven and three best case scenario if you're looking at that rest of the schedule for jefferson and if you slip to both martinsburg and hedgesville find yourself at six and four i don't think you get a uh home game it, and it might even be a tougher matchup where Do you even get a home game though i mean right now if they're kind of sitting where they are that's 11 you're not getting a home game yeah but a lot of those yeah, teams right seven now, and three you, you haven't always to. yeah we'll play each other so yeah. there's going to be some more losses yeah. there in in that mix where we see a lot of undefeateds or one loss teams. so you're we could potentially see three pack teams in the top 10 in the triple a in the state potentially it's pretty good for this season, the way that it's kind of gone. It's really been just one, maybe two at a time, like we see right now in two. Uh, but, yeah, that, that Hedgesville game is really the only coin flip game that I think that could either make them 6-4 and four or 7-3. and three. Yeah. Um, now we'll talk about the Patriots. Colin caught up with head coach Glenn Simpson yesterday. And uh, here's Colin with head coach Glenn Simpson. Back to the sports mix as we're now joined by the head coach of the Washington Patriots and Glenn Simpson. Coach Simpson, your team fought hard, never gave up in that game against Martinsburg. What'd you like from your team overall? Well, I think you hit right on it. Uh, I have some young men who displayed great character and uh, they showed their love of the game by the way they went out there and competed uh, to the best of their ability, uh, not backing down, continuing to uh, to put forth the effort to try to make every play successful play and you know sometimes you just get in a situation where that's the the best you can hope for and I had several young men who were all about uh, competing against a a great team in Martinsburg. It was a uh, wet sloppy game and unfortunately that uh, resulted in a few injuries for your team. What are the updates on some of those guys? Oh well we're we're still waiting for uh, some uh, information to come out. Um, we will uh, we will keep all that in house. But our guys, uh, you know, uh, we had a few that had some uh, more serious injuries than others. 
And, uh, you know, so the timetable on, on their return is still uh, up in the air. So we'll, we'll see through this bye week uh, how people respond to treatment and how we can get them ready potentially to play next week. So with a bye this week, Preston, the following week, what are you guys focusing in on uh, this week with the bye week? Well, a lot of times what we do, uh, I give them a little bit of a break, give them a, give them a day off or two. And when we are together in practice, we are focused uh, uh, back on fundamentals. You know, as you go through the week and game planning and so forth, you kind of, you lose uh, track of those uh, daily fundamentals that that all of us coaches would like to to do all the time. So we kind of take the game plan out of it and and focus on the fundamental drills and skills and uh, have a whole heck of a lot of fun. We we try to make uh, try to make our practices competitive and and exciting. Uh, not just uh, not just the uh, building our skills, but building uh, team camaraderie and uh, just enjoy being together. What's been the biggest difference you've seen in your team from week one up until now? Well, I will tell you the the, the main thing has been uh, our our depth has in a way that I'd really hoped they wouldn't be. Their attitude and effort has been uh, superb all year. There has never been a week where the young men in our program came in and didn't put in the work. I love their consistency. I love their attitude. They've been everything that I could ask of them. You know, just some some unfortunate circumstances that we don't really have any control over, but the things that we can control I think uh, our boys have done a great job of controlling those. All righty, Coach Simpson, any final thoughts? No, sir. I think you got it all out of me this time. All righty, I appreciate it, and take care. All right, take care, Matt. Thank you. How, uh, I don't know what I was about to say. That was head coach Glenn Simpson for the Washington Patriots and sitting right now at 1-5. and five. Uh, Obviously some injuries, but a bye week for them this week maybe helps some of those injuries. Hopefully for their sake, because uh, they still got a tough schedule coming up. And as I mentioned, they didn't give up. Yeah, it was a obviously tough loss against Martinsburg. But they still had a few good plays here and there throughout that that you can maybe build off of and try to get a win against Preston after the bye and Hampshire later on, Musselman and Jefferson. I think it's just going to be too big of a task for them. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing for Washington. They're a triple-A-sized school with a double-A-sized roster, and now they yes. have a bunch of rot injuries to their yep. team. So mm-hmm. they're really depleted right now, and, and that's not helping things for Washington. But I'll say this. I think Coach Simpson does a good job of what he has there, and uh, I think those kids do buy in, and they do give a good effort each and every week. So that's that's really the positive for Washington is – I mean, we talk a lot about playoffs and all that stuff. It's just high school football. So uh, as long as the kids are enjoying it and they're getting something out of it positively, I think that's the most important thing. And I think Coach Simpson does that for his program. All right. There you go. Final thoughts there from Nick on this segment. Segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, what are we going to talk about, Nick? College stuff? Mix in? Talk a little West Virginia, NFL. Random quarterback retirement happened yesterday. 
Well, I guess it didn't happen yesterday. Apparently, it happened months ago, and nobody really knew about it. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. As uh, we'll get more into the show, we'll start talking, I guess, a little WVU. Uh, no Neil Brown press conference show from the Mountaineer Sports Network. They have taken with the bye the whole week off, but Neil Brown didn't take the whole week off. He did a press conference yesterday. Uh, he did update everybody on uh, C.J. Donaldson, and he is in concussion protocol, and he is out for next Thursday's Baylor game. Yeah, hopefully it's a uh, speedy recovery. It was a scary moment when- and you can see that he's one of the more talented uh, guys in that backfield for West Virginia. So hopefully when he is back, he's healthy and ready to go to help out the rest of the season if he does get time this season. And according to Neil Brown, there are four Mountaineers suffered concussions and there were, quote, a couple significant injuries during the team's uh, fifth game last week. But uh, you know, hopefully they're getting better, and it's you know that bye bye week coming at a great time for them. Yeah, and I would tend to agree with that. I would say this: I mean, obviously you never want to see a player get hurt there with Donaldson, but their running backs behind him have been pretty productive as well. Uh, so that is good to see. But you don't want to have a guy get hurt, and obviously that was a scary play. But um, that is kind of something that you can, I guess, look forward to is. You can see some of the young running backs that have shown some talent at times, but not how you want to see them on the field. Um, But, yeah, this bye week comes at a good time, I think, for WVU because things were looking a little bit better. Didn't look great against Texas, but, I mean, Texas is a pretty good team, so it kind of is what it is. Uh, You take this bye week now, and then you get better for next week. I don't know what just happened. Mike, that was a weird Oh, Laughlin? Was also yeah, injured. Laughlin. Yep. Uh, he'll be, I guess, evaluated this week. Uh, lower body injury. We'll find out more about him uh, this week, according to uh, Neil Brown. But, uh, you know, that bye week is very well timed for the Mountaineers, and they'll play on Thursday. Both Mountain State Division One teams will get uh, be on the national stage next week. Why the herd on? They're on Wednesday there? night. Oh, gosh. Oh. UL Lafayette. They're gonna get smacked. That's an even quicker week. That's the well, downside. they're gonna get a bye week this week okay. too. So it's just one day difference. And both teams, lucky for them, both teams have a bye this week. I don't know if Baylor's got a they bye. Do. Okay. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool that both Mountain State teams will be on national television next week for Thursday. Well, that's why Wednesday Marshall made the jump to the Sun Belt because CUSA has a terrible TV contract where you pretty much never get on national TV. You're on Facebook. Uh, Sun Belt and the MAC, you know, they have. They'll play on Thursday or Wednesday night, but hey, they're on ESPN, so it's more attractive, I think, for your program there yeah. to get that TV deal and get that money. But I've been on the NFL Network. Yeah, but not I don't everybody. Know if that's gets a regional thing. If no, okay. so I think that's so. I think ESPN and the NFL Network worked out a deal because if you watch those games, because there's one this weekend, 
I think it was a Mac game this weekend, actually, um, where it's the ESPN brought like it's the ESPN score bug. It looks like you're right. watching it on ESPN, but it's essentially there. They have a kind of a contract so where you're getting more games on TV instead of on ESPN Plus. So okay. it's kind of just picking up an extra game yeah. on television so more people are able to watch instead of ESPN Plus. It's kind of part, I know, for Which the Sun Which is surprising Belt. by ESPN. Well, I know part of the Sun Belt. you want people subscribing? Well, it's they're getting money from it. Okay. From yeah. the ad revenue Fair. or something like that. It's I don't know. It's all about money, Colin. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it was part of the new deal that the Sun Belt worked out with ESPN. Uh, to get kind of okay. more on TV, and that's how they worked. It was with the NFL Network, which I thought was pretty cool to watch. You know, college game on NFL Network, but really there's no analysis during halftime of the college game. That's true. It's just all about Sunday. Uh, but moving forward here, speaking of Sundays, let's uh, let's talk NFL. Oh yeah. Well, I had a question for you guys because I was looking around the league. You got eight teams currently sitting at three and one, or or better. I'll give you the team so then you know. Yeah, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Vikings, and Packers. Um, who do you think is a contender and who's a pretender? And I think when I mean contender, I mean more so just playoffs. Uh, I don't necessarily mean Super Bowl. I mean, you can take it that way if you want, but I think that eliminates a lot more teams. So who do you think, I guess, is like a playoff contender, potentially even Super Bowl contender, and who is just 3-1 and one because they played some bad teams? Colin, you want to start us off? All right, Dolphins, right now looking at them, I think that not only it could be a playoff contender, but maybe not. I'm not going to go as far as a Super Bowl contender, but I would not be surprised if they're in the conference championship game. Okay, even with Tua's injury. Even with Tua's injury. We'll have to wait and see, but I think that they can get it done. They still have the weapons. I got a pretender right off the bat. All right. It's clear. They're they're not going to do good the rest of the way. The Giants. Yeah, they always seem to fall. Agree on that, and they got some receiver problems. I believe some receiver injuries that might catch up with them here soon. Um, I also want to say a pretender is going to be the Vikings, just because Kirk Cousins never shows up in big games. So, come down the line, that's going to be something. The Dolphins just kind of seem to be like the weird team out in here because how are they going to? You know, the two has already been announced as out, and you know they are. Are they three and one or four and one? They're three and one or four and oh yeah, they're three and one. They beat the the Ravens because the Ravens had a bad secondary, and I just don't know. And, and is Tua when he comes back? If he comes back, is he going to be the same guy he was? That's the biggest question to me. That's the question mark of. I don't really say they're a contender, but I think the Bills are going to be a per- contender. I think that the, the, just because you got Josh Allen, you got a very good defense. You know they've been seen some scares, but you're learning about it now. Uh, I think the Chiefs, they're always going to be a contender when you've got Pat Mahomes there and a rather good defense. Um, the Packers are the another big question because they always seem to not do great in the first few weeks, get it together, but then can't make the run in the playoffs. This year is different, though. They're 3-1 and one to start the season. I would say uh, for playoff pretenders, I think the Giants, Dolphins, and potentially even the Cowboys are pretenders. Cowboys, uh, the next two weeks, we'll see if they're legit or not. Cooper Rush, I mean, you, you've played... The, the big win was over the Bengals. But then you played the Giants in Washington. Two yeah. teams that just aren't good. So the next two weeks, when you got the Rams and the Eagles, if you can beat those two, then 
maybe you can put some belief into Dallas. Yeah, so I, w- I would say those teams are potentially not even going to be playoff teams. Um, I think the only Super Bowl contenders on there are probably the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles. I don't think the Packers are a Super Bowl contender. I don't think the Vikings are a Super Bowl contender, but I think the, they both could make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, my reasoning for not saying the Packers are is I just I don't think there's much really there besides Aaron Rodgers on offense, and Aaron Jones is a good running back, but they just don't have that great of weapons around him to make plays and have kind of been – Low-scoring offense that looks good against bad teams. I mean, I know they beat the Bucs, which is a good win, uh, but the, the Bucs, Bucs have looked kind of slow depleted. this year, and they don't have their their weapons, so I'm not certain if that's a signature win yet. Um, the Eagles are obviously 4-0. They're undefeated. They have, I think, a good quarterback in Jalen Hurts that continues to get better and better each week. They have a good defense. They have a lot of exciting things there in Philadelphia to put them as a Super Bowl contender. The Chiefs have Patty Mahomes. Um, while they lack a little bit of their explosiveness from the past with losing Tyreek Hill, I still think Travis Kelsey's a great weapon and they have enough there to compete. And the Bills have Josh Allen, so arguably one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in the league, uh, MVP-type candidate. And they had that comeback against Baltimore this past week and, and found a way to win. So those two or those three, I think, are the only Super Bowl contenders in that list. I think the Vikings or Packers or will be in the playoffs, and the Dolphins. I just don't know because I don't know how long Tua is going to be out. I don't really trust trust Teddy Bridgewater to get you to the playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater, though, he's a he's a decent backup quarterback. He didn't look good the other day. Who's had to be a starter a lot? Yeah, he's kind of that fringe guy. Is he a backup or is he a starter? We'll maybe find out in this time where he. I don't know how long we'll have uh, that uh, Tua will be out, but uh, you know, hopefully. Well, let's look at he gets the Dolphin better. schedule. You got the Jets this week. Probably still wins, should be able to win that. I don't Vikings, know. I mean, the Jets have looked a lot better. Zach Wilson That's true. came they, back they last have. week. That is very true. So I, they're favored though. It's a toss up. Yeah. yeah. Vikings, kind of a toss up. I lean toward Minnesota. Steelers, they're gonna win that game. They'll win that one probably. Lions, uh, Lions can put up points, yeah, but they can't the win. Thing. Exactly. Their defense is, I think, Awful. allowed the most points, and their offense has scored the most points. And then the Bears. So that's five weeks. How, how long do you think two was out for? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the significance yeah. of the season We don't know anything. Is. But they could definitely come out of those, you know, what, three and two at the very least, probably yeah. in, yeah. Those, in those games. So That puts you at it's a favorable six schedule. and three, right? Yeah. So. so they could definitely be a playoff team, but I just don't think they'll win it all. Yeah. A player now we've got a player who said that he's quietly retired that being quarterback Blake Bortles Bortles who led the Jacksonville Jaguars to division title and the AFC championship game in 2017 on the uh, Barstool Sports podcast part of my take he said quote I quietly I didn't tell anybody I retired uh quote I guess you guys are kind of the first to hear it publicly end quote apparently he retired back in August and didn't tell a soul uh, he had that one good year, that 2017 season, but he was never really anything else after that. Yeah, he was all right. I mean, more so their defense led them to that AFC championship. Yeah. Saxonville. Yeah. Uh, but he was Duvall. a good game manager. Could have won that game. If we remember, there was that Miles Jack yeah. play that was pretty mm-hmm. controversial. So there were a few things that could have potentially got the Jags in the Super Bowl that year. Um, 
but he kind of reminds me of like Jay Cutler to an extent, just kind of like a really yes. relaxed guy that really didn't win much. I mean, Cutler is probably a better quarterback, but that's kind of what Blake Bortles reminds me of with like his personality. Yeah, I would I can totally see agree with that. Thinking that or Sanchez. Got to the AFC Championship <laughs> more because of defense. Maybe more of Mark Sanchez in terms of what he did in his career. Yeah. Because Cutler's probably a better overall quarterback than Bortles. But I'm just saying, like, some skill sets and some of just the way they act. I feel like Bortles has had some off-the-field things that were just kind of funny, like Jay Cutler. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, you, I remember the one interview where he gave some interesting answers. Okay. Good. See the guy that, like, dipped way too much or something he's the one that said if he wasn't playing football he'd probably work in construction and ripping six that's what it was <laughs> but i so. think he, i think he dips and i think he said once he got a tesla he stopped dipping because he didn't have to go to the gas station good for him <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know i just so, vaguely remember weird. that for some reason all right that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, Aaron Judge gets his 62nd home run last night. Uh, the Nats and O's conclude their seasons today. We'll talk a little maybe playoffs. Or we'll maybe save that for tomorrow. Uh, but we'll be back in two minutes. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. I know. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your October 5th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you for the next uh, about four and a half minutes or so. Um, tonight on the radio side, you can tune into the Touchdown City Show uh, from 6 to 7. We'll have a little bit of Nats baseball. Uh, they start at 4, so we'll go from 4 to 6 and then drop into the Touchdown City show. Uh, but that'll be the finale of the season for the Nationals uh, as they're done. And then we'll get into uh, Aaron, the Wizards, and Capitals here soon, hopefully, if everything works out uh, the way that everything is hopefully trending to. Uh, but we'll talk MLB uh, finally, Yankees star Aaron Judge launches his sixty-two, his sixty-second home run. He sets an AL single-season record. Yeah, don't have to I, hear about it anymore. That's true. You don't I'm have sure to hear about it anymore. To still hear about unless it we hear about that. how much the uh, guy's getting that caught it. So it's true. You saw, uh, I think it was a Rangers fan, is what I saw. I also saw a guy that. Because of the 61st home run that nobody caught, since it kind of just went right below where the fans were sitting into the bullpen, there was actually a guy that jumped over the railing and fell straight down behind good? the wall. I, I think so. I didn't hear an update, but he wasn't risking nobody getting the ball. He wanted to make sure if it drops in front of all those fans down in the walkway that he was going to be the fan in the walkway getting that ball. Well, the so. guy who caught the ball, Corey Humans, apparently 
he doesn't if he sells it, he doesn't need to make a bunch of money. That's he already has a bunch of money. He works in the financial world in Dallas. So, so. I mean, if you're at the Yankee game, you probably have a decent amount of money. Well, this the is they charge weren't things. they in Texas? No, I don't know. Well, that makes more sense if he works in Dallas. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Uh, but either way, I mean, the Yankees are in town, so they're going to boost them up. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good achievement. Some people are obviously making the whole. This isn't the MLB record. I or still some think people he gets think MVP. it is. Oh yeah, he's definitely going to win MVP. I, I think. Well, I don't know. It, it's tough it's a good debate there Otani between still. him and Otani, but I think with the Yankees being a playoff team and Judge breaking a record, that's good enough to get him the MVP, in my opinion. Yeah. Even though Otani does great things at both the plate and on the mound, it's still. I think I saw you was that a record like season. thirty-four home runs and two hundred strikeouts, which yeah, no, has insane. never been done before either. Yeah. But yeah, this is sixty-two home runs, something that hasn't been done in the American League, not in the. MLB, I still give it to Bonds. I guess I'm maybe in a minority there. Technically, I don't really Bonds know. never tested positive, right? And he never yeah. conv- or never said that he did it. Now, it's pretty obvious that he took steroids, but it's just all speculation, technically. Hey, whenever, uh, whenever Mike Rizzo speaks about his players, everybody seems to listen. Here, we've, this is the final thing we've got in today's edition of the show. we got about the minute, 20 seconds. Uh, he said, quote, it's a mystery. It's a little bit of a mystery if Steven Strasburg will come back. I know he's working hard strengthening his core and the other parts of his body. We're just going to have to see. With the type of surgery and rehab that he's had, it's unfamiliar to us. It's unfamiliar to a lot of people. We're going to have to take it, and I quote, day by day. What's your prediction for the Nats next season, Spencer? I mean, it's a little early, obviously. Way too early. Way too early, Spencer's prediction for the Nationals. I, I think... You get 65, 70 wins. All right. I'm going 62. I'm I'll going take the over. 69 and then 96 for Baltimore. Just flipping it around. I'll go 87 for the O's based on not knowing who they're getting in the in the offseason. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, thanks to head coach for the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter, and Washington Patriots head coach, Glenn Simpson, for talking with us. Um, and then tonight, the Touchdown City show from 6 to 7. Nats baseball will be from 4 to 6. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.